Welcome to Church Jams Now. Hallelujah. It is 2023, everybody. We made it through a year. We did it, y'all. We've arrived. I'm so incredibly proud of you and proud of us. And just thanks as human beings, I'm just proud of all of us that we made it through another year. As a society, as a globe. Yeah. Also, we're recording this technically before 2023, so there's a there is actually a small chance that we didn't, oh, and this oh, is man. going out into the void. Oh wow, that's dark. after the Skynet revolution. What a dark way to start <laughs> off the new year, man. <laughs> have been destroyed, and only our robot overlords are listening to the this. T1000s. Oh, hey, will enjoy guys, this. Then is that DLC Patreon bot over there? Is that what? Oh Patreon, God, Patreon oh, bot! No. Hey, come help us out! Come help oh, us no. out! Oh no! He's turned to the <laughs> Skynet got Patreon <laughs> bot. That's so funny. Patreon <laughs> bot is our robot overlord. We created the apocalypse. <laughs> we did. We probably did. Serves us right. Leave, leave it to us. Yeah. So this is a show where three former youth group kids and current music nerds deep dive on Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. And see if it still holds up today. I, of course, am one of your co-hosts, Kylan Savage. With me, as always, is Mr. TJ Smith. Hola, mon frères. Hola, mon frères. Ooh, changing it up for 2023. <laughs> and I'm <feeling> fresh. <laughs> our beautiful producer, Josh Olson. What's up, hermanos? I don't even know what that means. I took French in high school. <laughs> oh, That's Spanish, dude. S- starting off the year with a... Hardcore deep cut Arrested Development reference. <laughs> you know it. Guys, we're doing something different. We're starting the year off doing something new. You what know? are we doing, Kylan? Well, let me tell you. So, you know, January is always the time where people give their New Year's resolutions. You're either going on a diet, you're going to drink more water, you're going to quit smoking. You know, there's all sorts of things you can do. You're going to start we smoking, decided. Maybe? I want to meet the person. That would be me. My New Year's resolution is to start smoking again. Um, so we decided we're going to start the year off with something a little different. We, we've kind of run the gamut over the past year or so. I mean, we technically started this show at the end of 2020, you know, and then we had a little break and we rebooted and we've kind of run the gamut all the way from the mid 1980s all the way up into what was the what's the new oh the newest Amberlin album which came out 2022 hmm. and all sorts of genres and stuff we've jumped multiverses we've done all sorts of crazy things and so we thought well what can we do to keep this interesting what like what 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 is something that we would like to do we basically set our own sort of our own weird version of New Year's resolutions of like, what do we want the show to look like? And so we're going to try a little experiment and we're going to do a mini series. So there are a few bands that I think and correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, there are a few bands that I think between the three of us have kind of hit that sweet spot of like we all really love. And they have a relatively limited discography. <laughs> That's key. So we're not doing this for forever. Right. And the first band that kind of came to mind was Acidies Burn. So we figured to start off the year, let's do an Acidies Burn miniseries. Let's go through their discography. 
like we're going to keep our same format, but they may feel a little bit different, you know, because I think, like I said, we're kind of going into this with bands that we love. And and this isn't going to be the whole show, you know, like after this miniseries, I think we're going back to sort of our regular kind of who knows what we're going to cover. Mixed bag. Thought we'd do a little super deep dive for a while. Yeah, right? I, th- I think it'll be kind the of fun. The deepest of dives. Yeah, you know, maybe get some friends on. You know, I I think we've all been scarred relatively from various albums that we've covered in the past year. So I think we all just maybe thought it was kind of nice to like, let's just do something that we know is not going to traumatize either ourselves or one of our closest friends <laughs> for just a couple weeks. Let's just like have a cozy a winter. Play it safe and for a while. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So we're going to cover... Uh, it's only four albums, which is crazy, but there is some bonus stuff in there that we are mm-hmm. going to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we're going to do a deep, deep, deep dive on As Cities Burn. And so to kick that off, our beautiful producer, Josh, you want to tell us who the heck is As Cities Burn? I will. I will. Teaches. I do kind of want to talk a little bit about this miniseries format, if you'll yeah. indulge me a little bit. My first point that I would like to discuss is... I feel like we need a good you talking you two to me kind of name. Mm. Acidies Burn is hard to come up with though. Like That's true. I couldn't come up with anything. Right. As Cities Talk. As, as Cities Talk is pretty as good. As Podcast Burn. As Podcast Burn. Because um, you, you talking As Cities Burn as you burn <laughs> my burn city. Cities. <laughs> to me. Or I'm trying to think. Um, Blank Check does that too because they do director miniseries. So they just did Stanley Kubrick. They did Pods Wide Cast. <laughs> <laughs> they do a nice set of eyes wide shut. They always bad. do based on. I know theirs are all I incredibly bad, and it's. So I good. love it so much. <laughs> so we could do as church jams burn as oh, series. Okay. As series oh, burns church as jams. <laughs> talking you two to me. <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out by the time this comes out. We'll have hopefully figured it out, and you'll by be laughing. Because yes. you'll know what we came up with, and you'll get to listen to us struggle through. That's very true. The process for sure. Lucky and then, you. do we want to talk about like predicting the discography now or like later? Because yeah, let, let's go ahead. Let's yeah, no, I say we do it now. Let's let's because yeah, the format is going to be a little bit different because, like I said, I think we're all, I think we're all going to bop all four of these albums, and so doing our standard sort of flopper bop format is going to be just kind of boring you're not gonna be on the edge of your seat being like i wonder if they're gonna flop this right exactly right. like and us giving our predictions at the end of part a and then our flopper bop at the end just that yeah so we're gonna switch it up a little bit right yes yeah we talked about doing a predicting our discography ranking before right. we jump in and everything so like as of right now before we've listened to any of the records again what is your ranking for their discography and then we'll readdress that at the end i like that all right josh yeah tell us about who the heck uh as cities burn is as cities burn who they be who they they be be. if you don't know (laughs) they are originally from mandeville louisiana which is a town on the north side of lake pontchartrain which is across from new orleans so effectively they're from new orleans their career is very all over the place uh as as is fitting for them. Uh, it's from 2002 to 2009. Then they took a break. Then they kind of rejoined in 2011 to 2016. 
they had a very like a big to do that we'll like mention later when that happens in the timeline. We'll be every episode will be following the timeline, so cool. that's what this is like a general overview. And 2017 to 2019, and then they did play Furnace Fest 2021. As of right now, uh, they're not really active, so it's TBD, but they're not necessarily like tired you know right yeah so um for the members i normally like say like how long they've been in the band for but what i'm going to do is just this is only the research about the band we have to do at the top in this first episode after that i'll just say who the members are for each record so we can kind of like track who's coming in and out of the band at the time cool cool so tj bonnet is doing vocals on this record his brother cody is doing guitar and vocals they have another guitarist named colin kimball Pascal Barone is playing bass, and Aaron Lunsford is playing drums. Nice. Yep. There's a couple core members in there who you'll hear throughout the whole time. I'm sure you're very familiar with that city's burn, as most of us are. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you don't. Know, maybe this is your first time getting into them. Who knows? If so, yeah. you're welcome. This is going to be a great yeah. lesson for you. Welcome. Yep. The record we're talking about now, they do have, like, I think, an EP that came out before this, but their first like official release is Son, I Loved You at Your Darkest. So that's where we're going to start for this episode. It was released June 21st, 2005. So at the time of recording, it's 17 years old, turns 18 in June. This is their debut record on Solid State Records. It was produced by Matt Goldman, who we've talked about on Define the Great Line. He's produced Mm. uh, Lost in the Sound of Separation. He's produced Copeland and some other, a lot of other stuff that you've heard a bunch of his records. And it was produced by Josh Goggin as well, singer mm. of Norma Jean, The Chariot, 68. So I thought it was interesting that Scoggin doesn't have many production credits outside of like his own bands. Uh, right. He does have other, another notable one that he does have is for uh, The Hot and Heavy, which was the 2009 album by Drop Dead Gorgeous. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I like that album. Yeah, I remember so that Scoggin album. produced that one too. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, The Widow was the only song not recorded at Glow in the Dark Studios, which is Matt Goldman's studio, and it was recorded with Tyler Orr, who you'll hear about a lot more in this podcast later on, because uh, he or also what? produced Hell or High Water. Uh, nice. It's two R's. Or High Water. O-R-R. <laughs> Hell or High Water. Yeah, they named their nice. record. Tyler or High Water. Tyler or High Water. Perfect. Sorry, that was bad. <laughs> no, we're keeping it. Keep uh, it in. I'm good. I'm good. I, I did have something interesting that the art direction for this first re- first record is done by Asterix Studio, which is Ryan and Don Clark from Demon Hunter. Uh, it switches up for the next record because I do want to talk about packaging artwork on Come Now Sleep. So that's oh, yeah, yeah. to get the ball rolling for that. For sure. Charts and performance. This one charted on the Billboard Christian at number 19. And Dang. all songs are written and performed by ACB. So that is really all I got research-wise. Okay. I do have another fun fact for some Spotify stats later, but we can talk that talk about that with all their discography. Always teasing the facts, man. I love the facts. Teasing the facts. Fun okay, facts. cool. Yeah, before we uh, get into it, what is y'all's deal with ACB? Are y'all down with the ACB? <laughs> down with the acp is that gonna make an appearance in every episode 100 percent. from now on <laughs> forever yeah that's replacing my role pull of stephen curtis chapman right that's the <laughs> that's new, that's new year yeah it's a new that's year good. new bit <laughs> new year new bit new kylan right perfect dj i want to hear from you 
Yeah. So, How'd you get into ACB slash and or this record? Yeah, I it's a weird one for me because they're a huge band for me. And at the same time, like I can't maybe it is it's to that point that I can't really remember like the first time I ever heard them. They just they just They've always, just always were. Been, yeah. 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 They're one of those bands that like I can't I can't place a time or context, like a setting with my first listen of them, but um it was always one of those bands that um I think as soon as Sunday Loved You came out, it was like I just knew about that album, knew about them as a band, all my friends did that were all kind of listening to, you know, kind of the solid state and tooth well, and it was nail. Well two thousand five, which was like right in the middle of the like tooth and nail machine. Yeah, Chase yeah. and Safety came over, out the year before. Like, so this is exactly. like the year between Chase and Safety and Define the Grand Line. Yeah, it was like right. perfect timing. Yeah. For what especially for like what they were doing at that time mm. for sure. Um because it, you know, I don't know the way, the way I remember it. At least I could be way off, and it'll be interesting to find out. But um, I remember it as being not as heavy as like Under Oath, or like definitely not as like sludgy as like something like The Chariot. But it was still very high energy and like just like like a lot of chaotic energy, maybe, but not as heavy. If that makes sense, that's how I how I kind of remember that album and. I think for me it was that made it more approachable because as as listeners know I'm not as into the heavier some of the heavier stuff like if it's like full-on metal I have a hard time with it sometimes so this was like right on the cusp of that that kind of heavy sound but it was one that I that I really enjoyed and was surprised to enjoy and a lot of my friends liked it even more but it was just like always around like that this album was like on rotation yeah with the homies so yeah so you were on board with the first record were you like following their career then after that i got even more into s cities burn with each album that, that makes came out. so much that, sense it really yeah. does yeah <laughs> yeah it really does until i would say the the most recent one i haven't listened to that one as much but obviously yeah. there was as you've mentioned josh there was a big hiatus kind of between that creatively uh, between hell or high water and what is it screaming through the walls Screaming through, through the, the walls, walls. Yeah. Yep. a lot transpired yes it did that's very true Sweet. a lot of time passed too awesome kylan you want to go yeah i don't know this record at all really that's i've listened lie. to it i've listened mean? to it i've listened to it but i cannot tell you the name of a single track from this record really yeah huh Come Now Sleep was just so big for me. Mm-hmm. That was my intro to the band. Uh, and oh. we'll talk about that on that album. Next week on Church Jams Now. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about more of like my origin story with that. Here's a hint. It involves one of our past guests. You'll never <laughs> guess who. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I remember this record coming out. I remember seeing them perform... I guess it was about 2006. It was before Come Now Sleep came out. Who were they playing with? I want to say I want to say Alisana and Jonzetta, but nice. I could be wrong. Are you sure it wasn't Paper Root? <laughs> it wasn't Paper Root because right, I remember right. this show. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, they played at the Music Hall in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Nice. I should ask Kevin if he maybe they opened for them. But 
to me at this point, they this album in particular, Son I Loved You at Your Darkest, didn't particularly stick out to me in sure. in in terms of what else was going on in the screamo post hardcore landscape. Hmm. You know, in regards to your under oaths and your emery's and your scary kids scaring kids and your silver steens and all that like there wasn't anything that particularly like super hooked me like i i definitely listened to this record i probably listened to it way more than i even realize but nothing super stands out to me on it hmm. like i think it's like a good like first record right mm-hmm. but my prediction is I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to see seeds of what the band will eventually become. I remember not loving TJ's like screamy vocals. Hmm. Uh, I remember that being a little bit, I don't remember why, but I remember that they being have a like little a bit scratchy quality. Yeah. Them, yeah. Yeah. And I remember that being a little bit of a turnoff to me at the time. Like you like a cleaner scream. You yes. Think? That makes sense. So, yeah, I know, a little bit surprising, but I'm <clears> really excited to revisit this record. I do think whenever we do our, you know, not to give my hand too much, but I think whenever we give our predictions, I think this is this is the lowest in terms of ACB discography for me. Josh, what about you? Ooh, okay. Well, if you're saving your Come Now Sleep intro for the next episode, I feel like I have to, too, because... I think I have the same former guest to thank for <laughs> bringing me into the ACB fold as well. Hmm. So we'll save cool. that for Thanks, next Bethany. week. Thanks, <laughs> Bethany. <laughs> That's good. So I'll we'll talk about him or her next week <laughs> as we talk about uh, Come Now Sleep. But yeah, I got in with Come Now Sleep and then didn't listen to this record for like a little bit after like I was an ACB fan. So mm. like I got it late and this is like a record that like, like you're saying there's definitely seeds of like what they would become. And you can see like some things in there, but it, and it's one that I, I listened to a, a good amount, but it was, it never grabbed me as much as their other ones did. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like I have a couple records that I just feel like, if I could go back in time and give my like my 2005 Josh be like, Hey, listen to these records. Like I would love this record a lot more if I had listened to it at an earlier stage in my life. But I feel like at the time that I listened to it, it wasn't able to make as big of an impact on me. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So this is one of those records that kind of falls. Like I, I'm not like totally like, Oh yeah, I would have only liked this if I listened to it in high school. Like I am able to see a lot of the things that it, the, a lot of it's really like high points and the things that it does really well. It just didn't make as big of a personal impact on me because mm. I got into it. I feel like a little bit late. So yeah, it didn't hit you when it was like at its peak. Of yeah. Yeah. Like genre. if I would have heard this in high school, like I would have been like, yes, I'm all for this. You're all in. Yeah. Yeah. So somehow they so escaped yeah. me for the most part in high school. Yeah. But that makes sense to me actually, because when it, when it hit, when I heard it, when it came out, I loved it. And then as loved it time went on, I loved <laughs> it at its darkest. I only listened to it at night in pitch black. I wouldn't turn any lights on. But as time went on, I I, 
I think some of the sheen of it wore off. I get that. Like, I don't think if I first heard it when you did it, like if we were the same age, I don't think it would have hit me in a way that was mm-hmm. as impactful. Um, so that, that tracks a lot. Okay, perfect. Well, I feel like this is a good spot to transition into our discography prediction and our, yeah. our discography ranking prediction. Uh, before we do that, I guess I would like to ask a question is, yes. Can you guess what is the most streamed record on Spotify as of right now? What is their most streamed? What record? is the most streamed of like all the, you have total up all the Song songs or on record it. records of like their four records. I totaled up all uh, the Spotify streams on them. Which one is their most streamed? I'm going to say Come Now Sleep. I almost think it's Son I Loved You just because of The Widow. Uh, you going with that? That's a very, those are very good guesses. Yeah. You'll be surprised to find out it is Heller Highwater. Sweet. Really? I love a that. Large okay. margin. I'm so glad to be wrong. It's really? Heller Highwater, Son I Loved You, and then a l- Heller Highwater like by a good million and a half. That's and wild. Yes. Okay. And then Son I Loved You at four point okay. three million right now. And then Come okay. Now Sleep at four million. And then Scream Through the Walls at two and a half million. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I was very surprised to find that. That's great. I love that. That makes me really happy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's as good a transition as any. TJ, what are you, what are your predictions for their discography ranking? What's gonna be your one through four? Are we going like best to worst? Yep. Best yeah, to favorite, worst. Favorite favorite to least yep. favorite. Yep. So I'm going to say, I think I'm going to go Hell or High Water, Come Now Ooh. Sleep, and then I don't know. I'm I'm torn because I've definitely listened to Scream Through the Walls the least, but I might be really jazzed about the songwriting on it, coming back to it, uh, as it's such a recent album, and, and right. it might still really like... And they're resonate older, with me more, yeah. You know? And so, yeah. So I think I might have to say "Scream Through the Walls" and then "Son, I Loved You" at the bottom. Mm. Wow, Un- unfortunately. Right. That okay? Can I tell you something super fun? Let's hear it. My list is the exact same. Hell or oh, high water? Yeah. Hell or high water at number one? Different reasons. Ooh. Different reasons. Yeah. Okay. So, "Come Now Sleep" has always been my favorite. I have found over the years, though, I find myself listening to Hell or High Water more. It's more fun. It's not as emotionally heavy. As it is Come more Sleep. fun. I think musically, it's a little more high energy. Come mm-hmm. Now Sleep, I, you know, I've always really loved, but I haven't listened to it all the way through in a while, and I'm a little nervous that like I'm gonna kind of get bored with that second half. You're going to get bored uh, with the 12-minute ending track, Timothy? Woohoo! I can't yep. see you doing that at all. <laughs> I love that um, song. But Hell or High Water, yeah. Like TJ said, it's a lot. It's very fun. It, yep. It's, and I surprised myself thinking, because Come Now Sleep has always been my favorite Acidies Burn record. Well, it's interesting. It's like Come Now Sleep, I think, I think we all really love that record, if I'm not, if I'm not speaking out of turn. But right. I... I do think that it's interesting to realize that an album can be really iconic and like set a precedent for what an incredible record experience can look like and still not be the one that you go to the most frequently, right? Right. I feel the same way with The Devil and God or Agent Inside Me sometimes with 
It's like really? I can I can look at that and be like, really? I recognize that as the mm. best brand new record. But mm. what record am I going to reach for first? Science fiction. Mm. Because it's got hot more takes. like hot takes left and right. It's got more re-listenability because it's more yeah. fun, more dynamic. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, Josh, what are what are what's your proposed? What's your list, man? Ranking. All right, I got a little bit different ranking. I'm going to start with "Come Now Sleep" because mm. that one's so good. Uh, I will gladly put "Hell or High Water" as my number two because I love that record so much. So I feel like if you're a big Sun I Love You" fan, we're all we're making you mad since none of us are pretty <laughs> son i loved you because yeah. i know like obviously like i feel like probably half the fan base is like son i loved you and the other right, half is right. like come now sleep everything else yeah <laughs> well they're so different like especially from yes. like a first album to a second album oh yeah like tonally they're Massive like shit. they're they're different bands yes so and i think like screaming through the walls is a little bit like a kind of culmination of all those things. So anyway, we'll yeah, get into yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So continue. Uh, and then a third. So this is what's interesting because obviously we just had those three records for such a long time. So this would have been the order of like, "Come to Sleep," "Hell or High Water," "Son, I Loved You." And I was like, uh-huh. at that time, I was like, ACB is one of the few bands that I would say has like a perfect discography. Hmm. And then they came out with "Scream Through the Wall." So like, I've had so many years of listening to those three records that I'm like. Even if Scream Through the Walls, like it would have to just be like so unbelievably good for it to like crack that upper echelon. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. so I I have to put that fourth right now. But it's that one thing. It's like re-listenability. Like I can tell you for sure, I've listened to Scream Through the Walls two or three times more recently than I've listened to Son I Loved You. So Mm. I'm interested to see where those two end up falling and if they switch from the third and fourth spot or stay where they are. Right. Interesting. Okay. I love our reasonings behind all these. I also love that TJ and I are agreeing on something, even if it's yeah. <laughs> for different reasons. I feel like yeah. that's been relatively rare on this podcast as of late. But I think but that's hey, why New this, Year, New Us. New Year, New Us. <laughs> and I think that's why this miniseries is such a good idea, specifically mm-hmm. to talk about a band as dynamic and interesting as, as Cities Burn. A band that has changed so much that we all love. And I yeah. think we all love them we for... Love all their iterations as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 The last thing I do want that I thought would be fun for the miniseries is if as we go through this to make notes and at the end we could prepare a final like top 10 songs that we have of like through Ooh, their whole catalog. Okay. And that. I was thinking to make it even interesting, even more interesting, we could include Hawkboy songs for that list as well. But Josh, Ooh. what is Hawkboy? Well, we'll get to that. It's, I feel like I feel like we yeah I feel weird allowing the songs in there but not ranking Hawkboy in there but so so do we have to limit the number of songs we pick per album or can it could like no, could my just, top ten you songs could put, be your top Hell or High could be Water come now sleep <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah all right. just all of Hell or High Water that'd yep. be really funny just the whole thing well then you'd still have one extra song well tech we'll we'll get to that later there's okay there's <laughs> nine songs or right. ten songs I we'll I told everyone at the, the beginning of this. We are deep, deep, deep diving. We oh, are getting nitty gritty because we're doing one band, four, five episodes. Oh yes, yeah. for sure. Like I one sat band, down to just episodes. do the research for "Son, I Loved You," and then I was just like, I just did the whole research for the whole series <laughs> in like the same sitting because I'm like, it's ACB. Great. I'm gonna do it all. Yeah. So you were stoked expect, about it. Expect deep dives. Yeah. All right. I love it. Well. Guys, I think we're going to take a little break. We're going to listen to As Cities Burn, their first record. 
2005's Son I Loved You at Your Darkest. And when we come back, we'll go through track by track like we usually do. Yeah, I like that idea too, Josh, of the top 10 songs total. Uh, since we're doing something totally different, we might come up with new ideas, new interesting ways to present this. And so thanks for coming along for the ride. Join us in the part B of As Churches Pod. As Church Pods Burn Now. <laughs> I don't know. We'll think of it. Grammar, city <laughs> grammar, G- grammar City Burns. <laughs> grammar Cities Burn for now. <laughs> Two cities to burn. A tale of two burns. Tokyo Drift. (laughs) Tokyo Drift. Church gyms now, Tokyo Drift. Down with the cities burn. Down with the cities burn. Hey, jammers. Kylan here, interrupting the show for just a hot second. Because it is, of course, a new year, new bit. And I couldn't think of a better bit to do than to restructure our Patreon and tell you all about it. Because over at patreon.com slash churchjamsnowpodcast, we got all kinds of goodies. So let's deep dive, if you will, into what we got over there. So our first tier, the Anatomy of Tear in Cheek, is only $2 a month. $2 in a whole month. I'm sure if Josh was here, he would tell you the exact math of how many cents per day that ends up being, but he's not. So I'm going to say it's like, what, 16 and a half cents per day? That's pretty reasonable. You could find 16 and a half cents in your couch cushions or, or, or in your car or, or anywhere. But hey, listen to what you get. For $2 a month, you get the show early and without ads. So normally our shows drop on Wednesdays, but on Patreon they drop on Monday. So a whole two days earlier than everyone else. And you get access to our new bonus show, WCJN. Uh, we decided to do this recently where each of us just kind of thinks of a topic we want to do, things that we can't quite get into the regular show, but we decide to do it like an old school radio show. And because it's Patreon, we can play full songs instead of just clips like we do on the regular show. So we kind of curate these playlists and talk about some very specific things. For instance, right now, our newest one, Josh himself covers a very Jason Martin Christmas and he's got some Jason Martin songs that I've never heard of that are on like compilations that aren't streaming so it might be one of the only places to hear all those songs together super rad super worth it next we have our five dollar iron frenzy tier so you get all of that you get WCJN you get episodes early you also get more bonus episodes bonus episodes we've done in the past we've done our origin stories We've done Tales from the Producer's Chair, where we talk about our songwriting process and writing and recording and producing music just all by ourselves, because we're all sort of DIY indie music creators. That's pretty fun. That's going to be an ongoing series. We're also starting Secular Jams now, which is where each of us picks a secular album that we really love, that we think people don't listen to enough, and we give it the full CJN treatment. It's pretty rad. Next, we've got Step Up Tier the Microphone for only $10 a month. You get all of that. Plus, you get entered into a drawing to be a guest on the show. And also, starting at the $10 a month tier, uh, you get access to our once quarterly Trivia Night Spectacular. If you're playing the CJN drinking game, take a drink because I, of course, am going to mention that I used to host a Trivia Night. And we'll continue to do so 
with our $10 a month and up patrons. Once a quarter, it's going to be super fun. We're going to do it over Zoom, hang out, have some drinks, do some fun, silly trivia, play some of the games that, that we've done on CJN. It's going to be super fun. And then lastly, we've got one last one, the OC Super Tier. For $20 a month, you get all of that, plus access to uh, a live show uh, slash Q&A slash hangout with myself, Josh, and TJ. That's going to be super fun. And you get to record a Patreon episode with us about kind of whatever you want. Like, we'll help you figure something out if you don't know. But we can do, like, top 10 lists. We can do a Secular Jams now, talk about a music video. Anything you want to do for Patreon, guess what? You can do it. All right. I think that's enough jabbing about all of this. So join us over at patreon.com slash churchjamsnowpodcast. Welcome back to another episode of Trivial Trivia. This is a segment where I share obscure and trivial information related to the album or artist we're discussing each episode. This week we're talking about Sun I Loved You After Darkest, and I mentioned how it was produced by Matt Goldman and Josh Scoggin, who have quite the history together. This makes sense since Scoggin is famously from Douglasville, Georgia, which is right outside of Atlanta, and Matt Goldman worked at Glow in the Dark Studio for many years, which is also in Atlanta. Josh Goggin doesn't have too many producer credits to his name, and even a few of the ones he does have, he also shares with Matt Goldman. From what I can find, Josh Goggin and Matt Goldman first worked together on the Chariot's first record, Everything is Alive, Everything is Breathing, Nothing is Dead, and Nothing is Bleeding, in 2004. Josh then returned to work with Matt Goldman for the rest of the Chariot's discography, which included four more records and one EP, which Kylan and TJ covered in Volume 7. Josh then continued to work with Matt for the first two 68 records in 2014 and 2017. 68's latest record, Give One Take One in 2021, marks the first time Scoggin has made a record for his premier band at the time without Matt Goldman since 2004. That's quite the streak. I'm very interested to see who Josh will turn to for the next 68 record. Silent Love You At Your Darkest came out in 2005, so this was right at the beginning of a long and successful collaboration between Josh Goggin and Matt Goldman. Well, that's it for this episode of Trivial Trivia. Let's get back to church jams now. Welcome back to Church Jams Now. Church, Church Jams Now. Welcome. Now. Wait, wait. So in part A of uh, of this episode, we talked about how by the time the episode comes out, we will have come up with a clever pun title for the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have thought of nothing. And Whoops. I honestly kind of think it's funnier if we don't, but leave that whole conversation in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, still, it was like a month before it comes out. I know, but I was I just know. wondering, because it's been a while since we did that part A, if either of y'all had thought. The only thing I thought was like, are your ears burning talking about our city's burn conversation? <laughs> nope, I'm shutting that's, it down. That's like the I'm closest thing. I'm shutting right now. There's nothing you it's can do with bad. our city's burn. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> I know. If you can, If you're out there and you find a name for it, let us yeah. know. We'll award you 12... Church champs now bucks. Well, we'll we'll send you a, a bottle of, exactly of, or a jar of Swift Jam Stevens. Yes, <laughs> we can, we cannot the actually cinnamon and Garfunkel flavor. Cinnamon and Garfunkel that one, flavor. That one. That one. We have so much of that. That one doesn't seem to sell for some reason. I don't know why. So <laughs> no we, one, we no need to clear out some cocoa, inventory. Hot cocoa flavored jam. <laughs> nope. You'd or think parsley. that tinsel time would be the least favorite flavor. Tinsel time is the jam that's yeah. that tastes like tinsel. So, uh, hey guys. Hey What's man. Up? I, I always, 
I always think when it's been a long time between our part A and our part B, I always feel like I have to do like the same kind of intro that I do for part A, where I'm like, I'm your co-host, Kyle. But I'm like, no, people have like literally no. just been listening to us. So yep. we can just, yep. just get into it. Uh, guys, do we have any uh, general thoughts about this album before we pull Stephen Curtis Chapman? No, I'm just ready. I got the, uh, I have my whole Acidies Burn uh, CD collection Ooh, look at that if you want me to i thought maybe for the after the for the credits of this after the theme song i can read you the credits like it's a bedtime story if you want to. Oh, yes, that sounds please. that sounds amazing well, maybe by we'll, troy glessner we'll, <laughs> we'll release that on patreon <laughs> we should do that that's I'll just do like every everything we voice. every record we cover that's just like just, the end of the episode <laughs> just, yeah do you like josh reading liner notes asmr Mm-hmm. <laughs> that happened the other day. We were listening to Jen and I were listening to um, "Narrow Stairs" by Death Cab on Spotify, mm-hmm. and they have oh, the, yeah. the audio yeah, at the end it. of it. I forgot. And like that. the dude just like reads the liner notes. Mm-hmm. Jen was like, "How do you get that job?" It's a great oh. question. Maybe you have to be a an incredibly successful Christian music podcaster. <laughs> Boom! There you go. Apparently, all so. right, guys, let's do it. Let's just let's just get into it. We're gonna dive into. As Cities Burns 2005 record, Son, I Loved You at Your Darkest, with track number one, Thus From My Lips, By Yours, My Sin Is Purged. Just for the listeners, Josh was pantomiming... TJ's yelling. Uh, yeah, I just it was went into full TJ mode. It's weird mm-hmm. having two TJs on this podcast. That's true. Yeah, you would think that it would only be appropriate for me to go into full TJ mode, but you go into I think full you're TJ actually mode the one all the time. I beat you to it. Yeah. Oh, that should be another thing where we do like where we did the DC Talk one is we all pick members of Acidies Burn to be. I want to be Aaron Lunsford because I was going to say you're Lunsford <laughs> for sure. Definitely. He seems a little curmudgeonly and doesn't want to get involved <laughs> in any sort of online anything. Yeah, he Aaron. just wrote a book about it. Called that good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'll put all my thoughts down and then let it be. So who are y'all then? Someone's someone's got to be someone's got to be Cody. Who's going to be Cody? It's not me. I would. It's TJ. I would be. Honored to be Cody. That yeah, would be delightful. Be You're the Cody of the group. I'll be TJ then. All right, cool. Perfect. Perfect. I don't have right, to be so me. That's I, great. So I'm going to call you TJ for the rest the of the whole episode. episode. And yes, then TJ, please. I'm going to call you Cody. Got it. This isn't going to be confusing at all. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Aaron, guys, what do you think about track I, one? I can't do it. I've already given up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. It's a great opener. It's so good. It's such so a good album energy. opener. Super like chaotic Norma Jean esque intro. Yes. Yeah. I had that on a later note. Th- this whole album is a lot more because I because in part A, TJ, you kind of talked about you don't remember it being like super heavy, but like really high energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was a lot more like chaotic early Norma Jean than I remembered. Hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, it also surprised me coming back to it. Yeah, that Josh Scoggin is like. It's he's all over. Oh, uh, that makes chaos. a lot of sense. I was like, I've never really drawn the Norma Jean comparison. Obviously, the Undros comparison is the easy one to make. For but, sure. For sure. Yeah, having Josh Scoggin in the producer's chair on this one probably did contribute to some of that. Yep. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. 
I also forgot how much, like I remembered, and we'll get into this later on the other episodes, but I remembered Come Now Sleep and Hell or High Water having a little bit of that kind of mid-range ambient action going on, mm-hmm. but I didn't remember so much ambient stuff in this album, and it has a, a good bit. Yeah, for sure. It definitely does. Like intros and outros especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's something I'll talk about is that the outros, and we're talking about the end of the song already, but uh, we'll get back to the middle of it, to the other parts of it, but the song like kind of technically ends at like 2.35, and there's like mm-hmm. a 28 second like ambient outro like you were talking about that happens a couple times on this record yeah it's a trend. <laughs> the, the songs are already short like three minutes yeah. barely and then they have like 20 30 40 second instrument like ambient outros i'm like these are some short songs they're just i which, love it it's perfect I, I literally i was gonna say i'm curious to hear what kylan thinks of that. my last my last note on this song is this is how long a song should be the outro is great <laughs> two and a half minutes <laughs> but with like awesome. a 30 with second like like time to breathe and like you'll indulge <laughs> an outro if the song yeah. is two minutes two and a half yeah. minutes long <laughs> i literally i was like oh yeah this is a perfect length for a song and like you said, it gives you time to breathe. Those yeah, ambient and sections. Like, yeah. It ramps down. For sure. And then the next song ramps back up. Um, yeah. I didn't fun. love... So going back to speaking of Norma Jean and, and Josh Scoggin, I didn't love the like saturated tin can screaming. You know what I mean? Like the radio mm-hmm. filter, which was like all over the, the Bless the Child record. Bless thine child. What I say? I said bless the child. Oh, bless the martyr, or whatever. Kiss, kiss the child. Bless the martyr. Kiss, uh, yeah, yeah. Bless the child. Kiss the uh, martyr. Kiss the <sighs> blessings. <laughs> Hashtag blessings. Whatever it is. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't love Were that. Were you sound hearing on, that on, his... on TJ's vocals? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I feel re- like it's mostly on his. Yeah, and that feels like maybe another Josh Scoggin thing. It's very Scoggin. Um, distort your every vocal yeah mm-hmm. this is going to be very specific just to us but his scream tj's scream sounds so much like joe's used to like little mm. baby joe like oh, back in the day yeah when delser first started yeah that kind yeah. of like higher scream higher. sounds so much his voice sounds so much like joe's dang shout out um, to joe shout out to joe cutler and it's the kind of scream that like for me at least as a listener i'm like that sounds like it hurts like, it sounds painful. Right. You know? Yeah, there's yeah. no, like, technique. It's just passion. He's just yelling, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of cool. I don't know. I, I kind of dig it, but I'm also just like, are you okay, man? Right. Like, it's because we're old set, now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I probably wouldn't be thinking about that if I was 20. Well, like we talked about, like, because Kylan and I got in to ACB on Come Now Sleep, so we're used to more, like, clean vocals and Cody singing. Mm-hmm. So then, like, when you come to this with TJ, you're like, oh, wow, like, there's... Uh, yeah. It sounds like it hurts, and he's just going mm-hmm. after it. Yeah, it yeah. does feel like there's not a lot of technique. And, it's just and sometimes I think it really yeah, works on this emotion. record, and sometimes I think right. it, it is to the detriment of the song. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about that kind of as we as we go on. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool licks, though, on this song. Like, the guitar so lines good. are so interesting. Yes. So good. You can... we Like we talked about in part A, like, you can already kind of see the seeds of what they would be there. Yeah, yeah. That that's a note I had for like later on in the record, but it's just insane that this is like a first record. They are so tight. <laughs> like, yeah. and you can tell that it's a relatively low budget record. Like it's not like, you know, a no budget record there. Obviously money was spent to make this, but there is that sort of like raw hardcore feel throughout. But even yes. so everything is so tight. <laughs> 
Like yeah. they play like changing time signatures and everything like really complicated stuff. And it just sound like they just sound like they've been playing together forever. Yeah. To your point, it's like there, I think there are bands who play really well in kind of a technical slot. Like they know how to drop into four, four, 140 beats per minute. And all of them just like play in a gridded fashion, like almost like computers ACB is one of those that, to me, they play to each other right? Like, super well, very yeah. skillfully. Like, they're very, they kind of vamp off each other and riff off each other really well and know exactly, mm-hmm. oh, we're going into this section now. But it's right. almost like if they wanted to play it faster live, they wouldn't have to say a word to each other. Right, yeah, it feels very, like, like jazz band. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, they, they all have that feel of, like, an old-school jazz band. Which I really love. I, I mm-hmm. Listening through this album... I came to the realization that that's what I like about this band, I think, mm-hmm. especially at this era. It's right. like they have a level of musicianship that is specific to their group mm-hmm. and each other. Yeah, because like they do really complicated stuff, but it never feels like like math rock. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it and never just feels like, like it in on you. It never feels yeah. like prog rock. You know yes. what I mean? Like so it's much like so much based. prog rock that's really technical. Like you can just you can hear like the technicality of it, and, but and you can't like groove to it. Like you're like right. appreciating it more than you're like locking into like, oh yeah, I'm digging. This yeah, but this like, does, like I said, it feels very jazzy. Like you can just, they, groove it, with this. This record. band ebbs and flows, I think, better than almost any other band I can think of. Yeah, high praise, high praise. I know, but I I didn't even <laughs> think about that until right now. Mm-hmm. I loved the. Like the post-hardcore Midwest emo-inspired, like the two clean guitar lines that come in at fifty seconds. Yeah, especially after that, like you know that that's kind of like like what we were talking about of that ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. Just so good, uh, and the Amazing Grace interpolation. That one is I've always loved. So that. cool, the changing so the lyrics. Cool. Yeah, yes. so good. And that's like the cool part because that's like where Cody like makes his entrance onto the record. And I feel like they do it in a very like under oath way. Like under oath on their first song, like they always like hold Aaron back until like this big like high part. Oh yeah. And right. they do that with Cody here too, which I love. And yeah. speaking of under oath, we are back to having more linear song structures on this record. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's that under oath comparison that you were talking about drawing, Kylan. That's like For very sure. obvious because that linear song structure is just like under oath. Yeah, and you have the whole like TJ Spencer and Cody's Aaron kind of dynamic right. going on. Yeah. yeah. But they also have elements that I think we've touched on when we talked about Emery, because that's also, you know, multiple vocalists that do very different right. things. A lot of those time signature changes. A lot of like mm-hmm. complicated stuff happening musically yes. that like sneaks under the radar. Yeah, that doesn't that feel like it. you're like, that's a weird time signature, but you don't even catch it. Just works. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Acidies Burn, the greatest jazz band. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not jazz. <laughs> All of it. Move jazz. over, Dave Every, Brubeck. There's a new group in town. <laughs> Scoot over, Cannonball Adderley. <laughs> this is Acidies Burn, mother trucker. Uh, that's great. Welcome to church jazz now. <laughs> oh, that's good. Spinoff. Spinoff idea. I like mm. that. With your hosts, Art Tatum and... I, I ran out of <laughs> jazz players. <laughs> Did you guys get the uh, song title reference? No. 
I had never learned it until this episode. What is it? It's from Romeo and Juliet. Oh, right. By thine, my sin is purged. So they changed the by thine to by yours. when they're taking shots of poison. Sure. Probably. And kissing. Wow. I mean, like... probably it. (laughs) That's like the whole thing of Romeo and Juliet. I honestly could have said... Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's... (laughs) I'm I'm gonna get into the song titles later on this record. Uh, oh yeah, for so sure. do we have anything else we want to say about track number one? I love the guitar stuff, but it can wait, so we don't do the okay. whole like let's t- right because we always do this. We, we always the first song. We always like front load, and I feel like <laughs> yes. we talk about uh, like we use the first song as a starting point to use up all of our points yes. and talk for like thirty minutes, and then by the yeah, last true. track we're like I don't know, it's it's fine. So. We talked about it already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I've already used like half my notes just on this song. So, <laughs> let's move on to track number two. Love, Jealous One, Love. This song was re-recorded from their 2003 EP under the title Love at Our Throats. Oh, interesting. Well, to go back to our under oath thing that we were just saying, my first note on this song is I enjoyed this song. I enjoyed it more when it was on the changing of the times. <laughs> oh, oh, man. You're not wrong. Like, it is you're very, 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 very reminiscent of, of early under oath. Yeah. That's very true. <laughs> Cannot disagree with you. Like, I agree with you, but I actually like this better personally than like early under oath i think i would like yeah. take this iteration of that type of song over that and i think it's like i think it's tj's vocals i think i like how like raw and emotional they are yeah i don't know not to say spencer's aren't or like aaron's aren't but but changing the times was still dallas know, yeah oh yeah shoot you're right yeah, that was like there's two parts. There's two songs on there where Aaron actually sings. That was like when they first started using his vocals as well. Yeah, right, what um, wasn't front and center. Which I feel like with this, at least on the first couple of songs, like Cody's vocals are still kind of like taken back in the mix. Like they're not like mm-hmm. the main thing. They right, become yes. like a little bit in a couple different songs. So right, kind of more secondary guy. But it's always just so good. Like this is one where their double vocals completely work. I feel they like. do yeah. because because there are other times where I feel like they're just kind of stepping on each other's toes because like even though Cody is uh, you know a lot cleaner in terms of tone there's something about like like the timbre of their voices and the register mm-hmm. probably because you know they're, they're related uh, mm-hmm. that sounds really similar right and it's a, it ends up being a little too dissonant for me uh, but it really worked on this song I felt because of the the songwriting and the way they I think so. Like how they how they response. kind of interspersed, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. This is another one that another good like, length. <laughs> at yes, the song <laughs> I'm, I say in quotes, listeners, a song ends at two minutes and fourteen seconds. There's like a forty nine second outro, but before that, this song goes into like the chill zone at like a minute twenty five. Like yes, it's like a minute twenty five of like hard heavy hitting, and then it just like chills out, and so it's like. I kind of got a little bit of, I'll talk about this a little bit later or in like my overall notes, but like what we were talking about with 
take me to your leader whereas like they didn't really did they have enough song to make songs kind of thing because right, like, right with take me to your leader they would just end up repeating choruses because you're like they right. would just burn through a verse in like 20 seconds and be like i guess we'll go to the chorus again so i was like right. i kind of got that with them on this yeah for sure but but they have the instrumentation to back up to make those musical that was kind of the thing that goes back to the kind of sure. jazz thing like i i i enjoyed it more uh here because it it didn't feel like if they didn't have enough song, like they didn't try to force in another chorus or something. But, but this is like this is where like, I'm like, if you're doing linear song structures and your song is over at like two minutes fourteen seconds, maybe write a chorus. Like right, you could do at least right. one. Right, circle right. back once. Yeah, like you don't have to make that the whole thing, but for sure, maybe every True. now and then pepper something in. But that's yeah. I feel like kind of always been their thing. Like they're a way like kind of jammy band. But yeah, it feels like there's not as it feels a little more nebulous on this record, a lot less structure to it. Definitely. They're just kind True. of like figuring it out. Like you can tell that it is like a first record in a lot of ways because of things like that. Super right. fast songs. Yeah. But when they go into the chill zone, I don't know. For me personally, like I'm not mad about it. It's kind of it's a nice little reprieve. Even like though it happened so soon, you like it going in that quickly? I think so, because I think I would get, I think I'd get a little fatigued with the high energy, just like me personally. I I need those little rest breaks. And I think that ambient stuff is why I fell in love with their later stuff a little more. Right. That That's kind of the thing. Like, the, like the, it's those moments that are like, oh, this is Acidies Burn. This yeah, is right. like the Acidies <laughs> Burn that I love. What were you gonna um, say? You need me to what? Oh, I needed you on the on the bless the child episode. <laughs> I'm just oh, calling yeah. it that. Like, from this now is on. too long. <laughs> yeah, I needed. Yeah. It was too too much chaos. I needed, yes. and not a chorus to be found. I know. Yeah, I needed you to back me up. Yeah, I mean, I did in spirit. The, yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah, yeah. there. Right to reminisce in the moment, you know. Yes, as they say, misery loves company. All right, we got anything yeah. else for love? Jealous one love. The last thing I have is that the line, the we will wear compassion, later spawned slash turned into the song Gates, which will appear as a bonus track on oh, High Water. I love that song. So oh, that, cool. they kind of like start that here and then finish that thought or like branch off of that thought. Yep. Uh, That's cool. Two albums from now. Yeah. I like that. I'm glad you brought that up, Josh, because I kind of forgot this that that was This is, after a all, a complete and encyclopedic podcast on <laughs> as cities burn well we talk we're, we're, we're getting nitty-gritty man we're deep yeah, we diving are. i said that and then immediately i'm looking at my notes and i'm like i did not deep dive at all <laughs> it is very service level vibe guy notes <laughs> we can't all be deep diving that'd be way too long that's yeah true. that's true i yeah i guess you guys need me you like you need me to balance it out because uh, i didn't realize well <laughs> we'll get to i have some really fun notes Oh, I that are incredibly wait. tangential for one of the later songs. All right, let's move on to track number three. Incomplete is Elite. All right, can I talk about guitar parts now? Please. Yes, please. Okay. Okay. okay, cool. Yes, I actually I have notes on guitars specifically for this song. Okay, perfect. So the recurring theme is that almost in every song I have a line a note that says great guitar at insert time signature. Yep, right. At, at timestamp. And that happens multiple times. But the thing with Acidies Burn is 
I feel like I'm sure every fan says this about the band, like they're so unique and stuff like that. But As Cities Burn, I feel like is a band that you can point to and be like, they have one of the most unique guitar playing styles in the scene. 100%. For sure. And so much so that's like in bands that you listen to and even bands that like when you see them in concert, like you can tell when someone is influenced by As Cities Burn. Yeah, like, yes. do you remember sure. we we all played the show in downtown Arlington at some like coffee shop, and there was a band there called Least of These. They're from Denton. They're really cool guys. Oh yeah, Least yeah. of These. But they were playing, and I was like, "You guys listen to ACB, don't you?" <laughs> like, <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, yeah, if you try to like if you try to emulate them, like it's very easy to tell. Like, yes, I know where right. you're getting that from because it's just so unique, though. Yeah, um, yeah, that. That was the, it, so it really hit me on on this song because so I wrote do they use a lot of effects on their guitars because for some reason in my brain they've always been like a really like effects heavy guitar sound but I think they're just like fucking awesome guitarists because there's not a ton like you know I thought it was like a very like like uh you know lots of delay and and swells and sounds like that. but nope. no it's like it's, it's like pretty straightforward tonally yeah uh just like a little bit of overdrive maybe a little bit of slapback delay and some reverb but like it's like there is on this song at 104 you get a little bit of like a washy tremolo guitar that i feel like in the future definitely in come now sleep you hear a lot more of mm-hmm. so like definitely they use a lot of tremolo but other than that yeah i mean it's pretty dry yeah but some of the heaviest effects that i heard sounded more like post processing than actual like guitar effects pedals right For sure. like Having the sort life. of like like the radio kind of sound like that kind of like tremolo sounds like a like a uh, like a tape cassette tape kind of sound mm-hmm. yes yeah they're incredible guitarist it was like blow my mind specifically on that's funny that that this was the one that i'm glad i waited yeah because i had it on my first on the first song but i was like ah well i we can't do that every time yeah yeah no but this was yeah it just like it their guitar playing just blew my mind on this listen through and that like to go back to my earlier point like this is their first record and they sound like technically sounded leaps and bounds uh, ahead of a bunch of other bands' first records around this time. Yeah. Uh, the closest yeah. comparison that I had on that song is Thursday. I don't know if you guys listen to Thursday mm. much. I get some mm-hmm. Thursday vibes from there. Uh, but there's definitely like, yeah, I, I felt a lot of Thursday in this. I've got a lot of comparisons throughout this. And it's I'm uh, here for mostly it. just make me want to listen to early 2000s post-hardcore nice <laughs> speaking of sound of animals fighting just came out with a new record their first record in 15 years wow it's so good yeah if i can go back to the guitar uh i've heard cody say that he he credits like his unique playing style from like because he was playing bass before so i guess he was like learning like how to like just get around the fretboard and like how to like play things in between what other people were playing so he credits like his time playing bass as to what made him the guitarist that he is which is do you do that josh i wish that had happened to me <laughs> i wish i could be like yeah i'm on cody's level because i played bass <laughs> like that did not happen hey man uh, goals guitarist goals they are for sure the only other thing is this is the first song that actually goes all the way to the end of the song we don't have a little dreamy outro kind of thing yeah, no break and, and in fact they go hard at the very end like that bloodsucker refrain 
They shut it down. Yeah, they do. And the only other thing I said is that I don't really understand much of what TJ's screaming in this song. Right. <laughs> it's hard for me to tell. It is. Yeah, my last thing was that transition at like 40 seconds. It's like going into a breakdown, but they, they like slow down, but they take like 12 measures to slow down and they're oh, all yeah. still just vibing and just locked hitting. in. They're yes. so locked in. It's crazy. It's not I just like it. a, you know, like the easy thing to do would be like everyone's playing, everyone's playing and everyone stops and there's like, then the drums just slow down with like a pad, yep. like a synth pad or something. But no, they all take their time slowing Together. down to that part and it's crazy it's so good yeah it really is yeah because this was like this was 05 so pro tools and stuff had definitely been around but it's like do you think they're just doing that like off the grid off metronome and just like going in a like live in a room to to lunsford's plane or like they just i don't like, i don't know because some of those parts i don't know how like I don't know if they how much they were playing with a with a click track because of those crazy time changes and stuff. It'd I don't, be a lot. It'd to be a lot of to your DAW, right? It would be so much work beforehand, like by the engineer, to like set that up. Matt Goldman's like, I'm not doing this. Right, that just seems like <laughs> too much work. I think they y'all just, figure it like, out yourselves. Yeah, but they're so yeah. locked in, man. They're so locked yeah. in. I love it. That's all I had for Incomplete as a Leech. So let's move on to track number four. Keeping on the Leech theme. <laughs> Bloodsucker Part 2. That opening guitar lick is the most, like... Iconic. Uh, well, it's the most like of this era. Yeah, this is, this is very under oath. I was gonna say under oath. Yes, it's very, very like Tim line. Mm-hmm. This is this is the first song where I feel like their their double vocals did not work for me. Oh, oh I would really? say the opposite. Yeah, yeah no, I, I don't agree. like Tell it at me all. Why. I don't know. It just feels like they're stepping on each other's toes. They sound too similar, but they're like just different enough. And I, I think it's it's TJ's voice because he's singing a little more on this he one, is. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, his voice just doesn't sound as strong. Like when he's not screaming, the vocal performance I think isn't. It, it just it sounds really kind of immature. Like it just sounds like you can tell that they're like young guys doing. Yeah, it. Cody's voice is way more developed than mm-hmm. TJ's clean vocals are. Yeah, definitely. I like the way that like their vocals are pretty similar because I feel like they can weave in and out of each other really well that way. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, that's like the part that I dislike the most. <laughs> I think it's like for me, this song is like I said, I said the guitar line was iconic. And I think this song to me is iconic. This is like peak as cities burn like this and the widow are like the songs from yes. this album and like seeing them live it's just an experience and you're like you're locked in you're emotional you're in it as an audience member so i'm probably speaking a lot from like my heart it's like an emotional center right that's driving me to say like the vocals work together where maybe if i came at them technically i might agree with you yeah like there there is another song on the on this record that really made me feel this way 
Because I, I told you guys, I'm not super, I wasn't super familiar with this record. Like I said, I had listened to it, but I think it kind of just got lost in the sea of, uh, and especially if this was like the big song from the record. Mm-hmm. I think if, for whatever reason, it didn't hook me when I was like 16. Uh, but I think if it had, I would feel a lot, a lot less critical of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it just sounds like so much of everything else that was going on around this time, which I didn't feel throughout a lot of the rest of the record. Uh, and I feel like that's because of like them doing so much like call and response vocals. Cause like that was such a big popular yeah. thing around that time. Like that yeah, makes right. sense that it feels of the time. Mm-hmm. But for me then I'm like, Oh yeah, this is like the sound that I was like, that I remember that I'm used to that. So right. I feel like that's easy for me to hook into it, which is your, it's a barrier for entry to you. Right. And like y'all keep referring to them as, almost derivative of under oath or you you're just comparing them it's funny because like i listen to less under less under oath i listen to more of this album so in my mind it's almost like i think of under oath as derivative of this album Mm -hmm. even though you know the timings they came out with this and then they're like guys let's write define the great line now like (laughs) (laughs) they heard son i loved you yeah oh we gotta do that aaron heard this is like all right we gotta we gotta give up the the pop stuff yeah, <laughs> you can't have anything in a major key. We gotta go hard. Let's get heavy, for yeah. sure. I will say lyrics. The "Are you the man now?" Um, is what what it's like the kind of I guess the hook. There's not really a chorus in this mm-hmm. song either, but it's kind of the hook. But that is what they have used as their publishing name, uh, their entire oh, career. Oh, yeah. nice. Cool. Like I talked about in the paper out episode in the trivial trivia. So, Acid's Burn publishing name with ASCAP, if you're interested, is "Are You the Man Now?" Hmm. And I feel I like that. I really like the sequence of where this is because I feel like this song ties together incomplete as a leech is a leech, obviously because of the bloodsucker thing. It's bloodsucker part two. So it's like that's kind of like a sequel mm. already. But then right. you get the are you the man now in this song? And then the next song you get that this is what real men keep quiet. So I feel like it ties all those songs together as like yeah. a kind of a trilogy. Yes. Who is their um, primary lyricist around this time? I would guess TJ. Okay. They probably yeah, that's writing a great stuff. Question. But yeah, it's you know, it, it would almost be super helpful if one of us had like the physical media in front of us and could could look it at the It doesn't say the and... lyrics between <laughs> you want me to read <laughs> throwing shade. I would be more than happy to pull out my copy right now <laughs> and just go through. We can edit this for time. No, we cannot. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm telling you, all you get here. Let's see. All songs. Is it all songs by all songs written and performed by Acid's Burn? TJ vocals, Cody guitar vocals. You don't get any lyrics credit. Okay, so mm. that's why. We'll all right. <laughs> no, please. Anytime you want me to consult the physical media, I am more cool. than happy to do so. It does. It's an interesting question though, because I feel like I don't want to make assumptions, but it does feel like their lyricism evolved and refined and i don't know grew up a little bit over the course of the albums and you know we know that cody wrote more of the future right stuff right well so yeah without i feel getting like, too much into that i feel like some of the stuff that you like you hear like the amazing grace kind of turnaround stuff they did in the first song that cody sings i feel like that kind of theme and style is something that's reflected in like come now sleep in later stuff so maybe mm-hmm. like cody was like writing his parts or just contributing stuff every now and then. Right. This is just purely yeah. conjecture, though. If anybody out there knows, let us know. Yeah. DJ, Cody, let us know. 
please. The last thing I have for this song is that this is my first top 10 ACB song that we have encountered. Oh, wow. Okay. In our mini series. So this is for sure going to be on my list. Okay. That makes sense. It does make sense. Because this was such a popular song. I feel like this might song. be on the verge. It's on the, yeah. I got, if you, if you I, get there, I you can't get, you even. You got nine songs and you're like, ah. it's your one. You have Hell or High Water plus one from this. Plus one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this, this is your alternate in case uh-huh. one from Hell or High Water doesn't. Uh, yep. Perform. Get like off the you. bench, Bloodsucker Part 2. It's your turn, buddy. That's Made Too so Pretty funny. isn't doing it for me. You're on. Yeah. <laughs> you're on. Oh, but Made Too Pretty is so No, good. that's a great it's one. So good. That would, yeah, that that might would be obviously not. There's no way that would ever get knocked. <laughs> no way. Sweet. All right, let's move on to track number five. Terrible. How terrible for the great city. You guys like that dramatic reading? Yeah, that okay. performance was perfect. It was great. Uh, I hate this title. It don't feel like it has anything to do with the lyrics. No, okay, so this is my biggest complaint. This, this is also very indicative of the time. Like, everyone had to have This is more Scoggin influence right here. That, like, really long sentences, unnecessary punctuation. Somebody read The Gate Gap. The, the, the Gate the, Gap. The Gate Gap? <laughs> The Hashtag the gate get. <laughs> the gate get. It's like junior year English paper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You feel super smart. Yeah. Yeah. We've all been there. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. you learned the word serendipitous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun intro. I like the intro of the song. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Kylan, what's happening there for our uh, listeners who may not know how a sound like that is recorded? What kind of sounds are we hearing? How do they, how do they make that sound? They're in somebody's bathroom. Yeah, for sure. For sure, it's either a bathroom recording or, or the, hall. the mic is super far away from the from the vocal and the amp, yeah. especially. Yeah, it's like very much like in a big room, mic'd super far away. Probably lots of tile or something. Yeah, I get a tile feel for sure. <laughs> yeah, I feel tile in this. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a distinct tile kind of yeah, sound yeah. this this podcast has not highbrow at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get a, i get a real um yeah uh i believe maybe it's, a uh, brazilian make yeah there's oak you know, there, there, there's, there's some oak spanish there. <laughs> just a small amount yeah there's some spanish marble with maybe some accents of uh polyester they and, really didn't skimp on the grout either i'm very happy to hear that <laughs> yeah it is a, no it is a high-end grout <laughs> you get a nice ear feel <laughs> 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 oh, that's gotta be a shirt. <laughs> nice ear feel. Church jams now. And just nice imagine if people feel. like, like <laughs> criticized recordings the way they do wine. <laughs> I love that. I, I, I yeah, really, we gotta start that. I feel uh, like that works with uh, the, all the jazz comparisons they're getting. That for we can sure. also for do sure. that. That's what I'm that. saying. Yeah, we're getting like hoity-toity up in here. Pinky's out. These lyrics I thought were really dumb. It was Ooh, really emo. Why? I don't know. It just felt it, to go back to the like junior year English paper. It felt it was kind of like some of the Norma Jean stuff. I I, I feel like you know I I say this fully recognizing the hypocritical nature of what I'm about to say, but <laughs> forgive me, darling. But love has nothing to do with this. 
You can't say, say anything because... if you've ever written a song that has the word darling in it. Okay, I understand. All my songs, I use the word darling. Every song I know. Kylan That's has what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I understand it's hypocritical. Uh, it just, I don't know. It just feels like super emo. Like from the time, like it feels like it's got a lot of language, but it's not, I don't know. It just feels very broad to me. Of just like, mm. I don't know, do you feel as empty as the lungs of those waiting to come? Oh, and then, yeah, there's like the weird, like, fetus baby part, like, just right in the middle. Yeah, that's well, yeah, that's I, a weird comparison to make. I just feel as empty as the lungs of those waiting in the womb. Do you feel as empty as the lungs of those waiting to come into this world? And then he just goes right back into, where being beautiful means being used. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, but it's like, I wonder if this is actually deeply personal. And from our perspective, it's easy to like critique how, cause I'm with you. I agree. Like, it's like your, your English teacher said, go write a sad poem. So you right. and you put it, you turn it into lyrics of a song, but it makes me think of like a relationship. Like maybe, I don't know. I don't want to conjecture too much, but it's like the song, there's a relationship. There's like a marriage and there's like infidelity. And then there's like a kid maybe yeah or like an abortion or something it's so it's like i don't want to i don't want to give it too much shit because it could be like a really serious point of inspiration that the song comes from i don't know i think that of like it being between like a married couple puts it on like a higher level than just being like oh like this guy and this girl and they're just like right. this guy it's not a team romance it's not a team romance yeah i feel like it puts it on a more adult level because well, of that and you're yeah. like there's more mm-hmm. at stake kind of thing but i think that's kind of what i think that's kind of what bugs me about it is because there are glimpses of like uh heavier source material or like a mm. heavier subject matter but then it's still kind of treated in this very like once again, sort of indicative of of the time, like sort of like vague emo floral poetry lyricism. Right. Like I feel like like yeah, it's it's hinting at something that could be like emotionally just heartbreaking and shattering. Heavy. Yeah. But then like the, how how long will we blame the devils on our shoulders and pose like angels on the outside just feels a little immature which uh, goes like back to my one. first point like you can you can tell it's like a like a first right or, or they're really young guys yeah. doing this record yeah. you know so like yeah I, I don't fault them for it i just i wonder you know if, if there is like if this is based on something in in real life or or whatever it's based on how Acidies Burn would approach writing a song about similar subject matter today. Right. It's almost like what if they had the same exact like musical components and the same thematic concept or theme but they approached it today. Like how would those lyrics be different? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which Good yeah, question. I mean yeah, I, I I can't fault them for, you know, being twenty and right. writing a record. You know what I mean? And like I've written plenty of songs that are just as on this level or wor- like way worse. A little pedantic. Yeah. Yeah. Trying but, to write you know, above your experience level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Just what it's like above you're... your weight a little bit. Right. Yeah. But you know, that's yeah. the whole we're point all, of the show. We're all guilty of that. Yeah. We're all guilty hey of man. That. All I am is a monster. Okay. Hey, it's the last line there's of the song. No, I know. some great guitar work going on the Am I a Monster part at 159. Yes. And there's, oddly, 
some like bell hits, like like church bells at two thirteen, which oh yeah, I thought was weird. I didn't catch that. Yeah, they're in there. I don't think I clocked that those are like church bell. It's like sounds. yeah, it's not just like a, like a xylophone bell that you would play in like band class. It's like a right. bell bell. Oh, yeah. Cool. You guys know that I played handbells for a year. Exclusively, that's all. I was in a church. That's all. Yeah, yeah. That's the way you life. took that. Yeah. Okay. For one <laughs> year, <laughs> I only played handbells. <laughs> Quit school. <laughs> just handbells. This is what I did. I, I was a weird that. homeschool kid for a hot second. <laughs> that's why so I was like, I can like, see like, that happening. Possible. Yeah. <laughs> like fuck everything. I love handbells. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. This is another top ten ACB song for me. Really? I think. It's my favorite song on the record. Really? Yes. This is your favorite song. You just let me shit song. all over it, and then I love this song. Yeah, bad. that's fine. I don't care. Yeah. I still love no, it. I know. That's cool. Why do you love it so much, Joss? I don't know. Like, okay, I did write down that this one kind of feels the most traditional so mm. far song arrangement. Mm. It's still, I feel like, linear, but there's kind of like the hooks of like this is what real men keep quiet. So they do circle back, I guess. So maybe it makes it more memorable in that regard, but. I don't know. This one is just always like, it felt like whenever I first got in this record, I was like, okay, Bloodsucker is the one that you obviously like, but then this is the one that's like, okay, this is for some reason, this following Bloodsucker, I was always really able to like hook into this one. I love the guitar work, such great guitar work, obviously over the whole record, but specifically on this song. I don't know. I just love how it all comes together and using Cody's vocals a lot more uh, in it as well. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, don't know. I just, I just, this is my favorite one. I'd say. I'll say lyrically, I really like it because that line that you referenced. This is what real men keep quiet. It doesn't exist if, if you can hide it. That part, like, hit me at the right time because I heard this album after it, like, immediately after it came out, and I was like a sophomore, or junior in high school, I think. And it was like the time when I was starting to reflect on character and like public and private actions and choices and how hypocrisy can manifest both on the individual level and like cultural or communal Mm -hmm. level. And like they're a Christian band and they're kind of talking about some of that conflict. Maybe they've witnessed in maybe a church, maybe just in their community, maybe in their friend group, who knows? But like it, that line really, even though it's, it's got this kind of prosaic flowery, you know, high school feel, it also, feels real feels very truthful yeah and i was like oh yeah i've seen that i've experienced that i've i've like been that guy like mm. it doesn't exist if you can hide it oof yeah got me That's so good. <laughs> no i like what you're saying about like yes it can be kind of prosaic flowery but there is still things to latch into yeah, to latch on to on yeah definitely i do like that i think that sums up a lot of the lyrics on this record right well I feel like an asshole. <laughs> no, your point still stands. Yeah, my trap. yeah, yeah no, I am not I like refuting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I feel like those are all valid criticisms. Yeah, so. yeah. But I, I, I yeah, yeah, I'm just teasing. Let's move on to track number six, "The Widow." Right before you crawled out of her bed and crept down the hall. I said, this guitar intro tells you everything you need to know about ACB. Yeah, I was going to yes. say, it's like, oh, Man. hey, hey, this is that band I love, As Cities Burns. Yeah. 
Yes. Like, ugh. I've tried to learn this so many times and it's never worked out. It's tricky. Yeah, I did. I, I wrote, the, yeah, this is the most ACB song on this record or like what they would become. Like, this is yes. like, yeah, I don't know. I, I've never attempted to play any ACB because I feel like I would just get really frustrated with myself. It is frustrating. And some of the, there's some tabs out there, but I'm like, I don't know if it's really right. Like, probably not. Because it's some guy in his room that's like, I know how to play this, but they don't. Right. Cody, make some yeah. tabs, bro. <laughs> this is my <laughs> second favorite song on the record. Is it? Yeah. Nice. Second, so th- this one, I don't know if it'll make it on my top 10. I don't know. I can't do top 10 until I've listened that's fair. to that's everything. Fair. The guitar or the feel of this song felt very like minus the bear. Mm. Like around oh, this yeah. time, mm-hmm. like kind of groovy, clean guitars, like, yeah. But to go back to my whole thing of like, you know, in general, I like narrative structure on a, on a record and I like right. good sequencing. This is sequenced perfectly because mm. they've done a good job of doing the high energy, low energy outros yeah. and then kind of build, build, build. And then it's like, boom, let's hit you like halfway through the record. Let's like slow it down, chill out. So good. And it's kind of cheesy, but I will always, always, always fall for like a tin can radio filter on drums, Mm. (laughs) which is like most of the drum sound on on this. Like where where in, in the EQ, you do the high pass and the low pass. And you just like sort of squish it down so you just get those mids. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. It is pretty great. And I feel like the daddy issues thing tends to be, from my memory, more of a, a developing thing throughout further Acidies Burn discography. Mm-hmm. Would you guys agree with that? Or? You're probably right. I feel like ever since you hear The Widow, it's kind of always in the back of your mind. So maybe yeah, that's maybe why that's you interpret yeah. things. Because you're, you're like, True. oh, okay, I know. Maybe why you're singing this, Cody. I find myself wondering how much of that is a metaphor for God and how much of that is literal. As inspiration. I would imagine it's mostly literal. That's yeah. how I've always interpreted it, at least. It feels too specific. Like, dead man, is it being high that makes you alive? It makes you leave behind three boys and a wife in 89? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like... Yeah, I'm not saying that's not... I'm saying as the lyrics progress into further albums... Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That theme. Right, right, right. It's almost like it's both simultaneously. Right. Oh, yeah. I would this one obviously later is very on, specific. Yeah. It feels like it's setting up a lot of like lyrical narrative framework. Right. You know what I mean? It's exactly. like, like Chekhov's daddy. <laughs> where if you, if you show a daddy at the beginning of the later. discography by the end of the discography there's gonna be more daddy <laughs> check off daddy what? I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> podcasting is the perfect thing for you Kyla <laughs> this is your line of work <laughs> yeah you <laughs> found your calling bro I'm, I'm pretty happy with Chekhov's daddy that just like <laughs> You know, you know those moments where like This is your like, cinnamon roll of a man of twenty twenty three. Yeah. Like I don't know if it's just like an ADD thing, but like you know do you ever have those moments where like something just pops in your head and you just instantly say it and then you realize after the fact like how wonderful and insane it was. 
Yeah. That's my whole life. I feel like that happens to you three times a day. Yeah. yeah. No, that's my right. whole life. <laughs> Keep you on your toes, you know? <laughs> you never know what you might say. That's what I'm here for, man. Chekhov's yeah. daddy could come around the Chekhov's corner at any point. <laughs> and get you. Starting 2023 oh, off my strong. God. But wait, is Chekhov's daddy related to Stabman? That's all I was going to say. I was going to say they should do it. Joe should write a comic book crossover. Chekhov's daddy and Stabman. Versus Stabman. Are they villains or are they like a Batman Robin kind of? No, they're like a, they're, you know, they, they love like, each other. Okay. All right. They're, they're cool. Aww. compadres. That's really sweet. Cool. I love that. Hey guys, no bits. No, no bits. No bits. No, no bits. bits. Kylan, you talked about Gosh. a lot of the musical stuff on here that you liked. I found it interesting researching for this that this was the only song not recorded at Glow in the Dark, and I feel like it kind of shows. Like, mm. yeah. obviously, it's a it's completely different than every other song on this record, record right. structure wise, dynamic wise. But I feel like it's not on the same level of production quality that the rest of the record is. For hmm. sure. Do you like, think so? Or yeah, no, for sure. Like, as much as I love it, I I think the filtered drums. I I think that. You know, to hide a bad room sound. I was going to say it's a crutch. Yeah, when when you think of the album as a whole, and knowing the fact that this was recorded elsewhere, it feels like some sort of like last minute post production scrambling of like, okay, how can we like match this? Well, let's make it like an intentional, like you know, making intentional decisions, artistic decision. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but. I'm here for that. I love that kind of shit. <laughs> and I think it works because, like you said, the sequencing is great. The place that it yeah. hits on the like, album, it's kind it's of perfect six. that it's that it's different it's kind of right from everything else. Yeah, it's a little yes. bit of a departure. It breaks it up. Yeah. So they made it. It's almost like they made a weakness into a strength. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. Like there is a significant difference in the. I mean, it definitely was a strength because this is like the this is the ACB song. Yes, definitely the one from this record. It really ended up working. Yeah. I will say, I think I'm kind of over this song. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Like, I remember... It's like played out. Kind of, yeah. And I remember, like, obviously, like, the first time I heard it, you're, like, you're just, like, devastated. You're like, whoa. Like, oh, like, it hits you. It's a big mm-hmm. thing. But, like, I get... It still has that emotional resonance, but it's not going to be one that mm-hmm. I'm, like, that I'm going to turn to. But that doesn't take away from, like, I can still view it from the lens of, like, how I first heard it and, like, what it means to, like... ACB's fan base right and other people but I think even like Assey's Burn is kind of over because I know like they'll change the lyrics and like I feel like they play it but kind of like a little begrudgingly kind of thing yeah and there's another band that I feel like when you get like these kind of like desperate songs that like they are really great in a moment and people latch onto them but then like the band themselves are like we're kind of over this like there's another band called My Epic that they have a song called Lashes, which they have really big ACB influences on top of that as well. I think they even recorded with Matt Goldman. Um, but they have mm-hmm. a song that is like really, a very similar kind of thing. But I think even there over that song, I think that just happens with these kind of songs where the band's right. like, everyone wants us to play this song, but like, I have not struggled, or I, maybe I don't feel that way that I did when I wrote this song. And so right, right. they, yeah. so I think that's something that is over like with this song, but not to like disparage or take away of what it meant to people and what it like it meant to me whenever I first heard it. I was like, oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Like, but I powerful. can see how this could be exhausting to play. Totally. Because yeah. it's like, if you're going to like get into that emotional state every night yeah, to play this song. It's so demanding. Right. Because it's like an anthem. Yeah. And exhausting, probably. And it's like, there's an iconic performance of Cody playing this in Cornerstone 2007, too. So it's like, 
it has that along with it too. So right, I can. Imagine I was there. That. You were there for that one, mm-hmm. bro. You got some cred. Yeah. I know. Do you, man? It was amazing. I bet it was. It was I pretty rad. Was. All right, guys, yeah. we're only like we're barely wait, wait, wait. over. <laughs> I have one last thing for this one. Okay, go for it. Okay, my one last thing. After we talked about all the heavy stuff, the line makes you leave behind three boys and a wife in 89. So there's a third Bonnet brother. Is he like the third property brother that's like... <laughs> <laughs> or Not like doing on, what the other two guys are doing? How on uh, uh, The Good Place, where there's like there's an extra Hemsworth that no one knows about? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, He's just like a normal dude. Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, sure. yeah, what's, what's the other Bonnet brother doing? Right. Like, what's he up to? He's not in a band. He's just hanging out. He's doing his own thing, man. I guess so. I love it. That's so funny. All right, let's move on to track number seven. Wake, dead man. Wake. This one has the title of the record in it oh that's right yeah this is oh, yeah this is like your favorite thing right josh yeah where not a the true title name track. of the record is like yeah is yeah. just a lyric yes my favorite if you're playing bingo we got one of josh's mark it down mark it down tj this was kind of the first song on the record where i feel like lunsford was going to town oh my god yes this was where the, i was like okay like now he's really like getting out there and playing. Yeah. Is this the first song on the record that he really like stands out to you as a drummer? Oh gosh. Is it Love Jealous One Love or Incomplete as a Leech where it starts out with that do 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 like I that think drum it's fill? Complete as a leech. Yeah. Yeah. That one kind of blew my mind because it's this kind of arrhythmic drum fill that starts the whole song and then the guitar matches it. But other than that, Yes, this is maybe like the most mind-blowing drum moment on the album for me personally. So you're not wrong. Okay, cool. And maybe that's just like his thing where he's like, I'm in a band with Cody who can shred on guitar. I'll just let him do his thing. But every now and then I'll just like really go to town. Yeah, I'll show him I got chops too. Yes. Don't forget Cody. (laughs) Yes, he does. And like this song has some of those moments where... They're going hard, but they're they're like it's like slow and kind of sludgy, but it's got that angular prog rock guitar line over it that to me became like the really satisfying quote heavy stuff on future albums. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, it's not this like frenetic, chaotic, fast, heavy. It's this kind of sludgy, slow, but with like really pretty guitar over it kind of energy. Like, Come Now Sleep had a bunch of that. That's a cool dynamic, yeah, where it's like... But yeah, especially with the pretty guitar lines, it's not like the guitars are just, like, really, like, in your face and just, like, yes. nasty. Like, they're they're nice, but... Well, yeah, that's my favorite this. thing is, like, this breakdown is, like, you expect that walk down to just, like, kind of stop after a couple measures, but they just, like, keep walking down and just yeah. keep going, 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 going. You're like, wait, where is this going? Where is this going? Where is this going? And, uh, yeah, I love it. It's so good. Yeah, it's a novel approach. Like, mm-hmm. it's like I don't know too many other bands doing that, like, specific thing Yeah, with, like, the breakdown. 
Real jazz move, guys. Real jazz move. Back to <laughs> Acidies Burn, the best jazz band. <laughs> jazz band. As we've said before in this podcast, and we'll say many more times in the upcoming episodes. I'm going to make a shirt that just says, Acidies Burn, move over, Dave Brubeck. <laughs> <laughs> the real New Orleans jazz. <laughs> uh, this is another song that ends, in quotes, at 2.05 with a minute and two second outro. So we're kind of back mm. to that motif, yeah. if you will. For sure. There's also a really long break at 48 seconds to 52 seconds. Like it's way more than like a measure than you would mm-hmm. expect. It's like three or four really? seconds long. Yeah. Know? This song kept me on my toes. I was like, wait, what's going to happen next? Wait, what's what? What? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I, I quite enjoyed it. Do we have anything else on Wake Dead Man? We Wake? haven't hit any of y'all's favorite songs yet. No. Uh, so Bloodsucker Part 2 and The Widow are both contenders kylan wanted to move on from the widow so much i'm sorry no i did not did i yeah you did it's okay it's all right i just felt like we were talking about it for a long time i didn't you can talk about it now we didn't talk much about this one talk about it tj tell me about it yeah what else do you want to say about the widow i didn't mean to cut you off i just no no no, nothing i just wanted to say that that was my one of my faves okay so you're between bloodsucker part two and the widow yeah okay you don't have like another one that's like a another contender later on the record all right there Colin. might be another there okay. might be a third all right i'm intrigued we got three. three left what are they gonna be all right let's move on to track number eight admission colon regrets This is like the first where they like are doing some intro building and like taking their time on a mm-hmm. song, yes. and I am all for it. It reminded me very much of Manchester Orchestra. Oh, oh like yeah, uh, like, like kind of like like Manchester, no, like, like later Manchester. Oh, really? Like Cope era Manchester? Yes. Okay, yes. I could see, yeah, I see that. There. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. The vocals don't even come in until fifty-one seconds, which is the latest entrance on the record for vocals. Interesting, but I like it. I'm all for songs taking their time. Yeah, so I like this it. song a lot. Yeah, and it's the first of the last three songs that all have a colon in their title, which is interesting. Yeah, what's the deal with that? This goes back to your your unnecessary punctuation, right? Like, what's the deal with that? Welcome back to Grammar Jams Now. <laughs> Grammar Jams Now. I always forget about Grammar Jams Now. That was such a thing for like a Last very hot year. second, and it is again. Yeah. We're going to talk about colons on this Too episode. many colons. Welcome to Colon Jams Now. <laughs> Kyla needs a colonoscopy. Uh, I probably do. From this album. Ooh. Oh! <laughs> Guys, they just sounded so tight. Speaking yeah. of colons, they just sounded so tight. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they oh sounded no. so tight oh on no. this record. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Wow. Uh, <laughs> That's good. You got me on that one. <laughs> I I do wonder though, like you mentioned the the trilogy of Incomplete as a Leech, Bloodsucker Part Two, and Terrible How Terrible, right? Conceptual trilogy. Mm-hmm. So this is maybe a trilogy of Oh, a song second titles? act trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I and like that's that. why they threw the colons to like designate that they're all parts parts of a trilogy. Maybe maybe. I, I could know. see that. I could see that. I have an important question. Was every 
band in 2005 contractually obligated to have a synth choir in at least one song on their record? (laughs) (laughs) I think so. Like it, it just felt like the thing. Like you couldn't get a record deal unless right. you agreed to yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah. like one of the clauses, the it choir was clause. It was choir yeah. in 2005, and then it was children's choir in 2007. Yep. yep. Those yep. were all big things back in the day. Well, Amberlynn had that like real choir money. So Yeah, they did. <laughs> they could splurge for Finn. <laughs> Quick note is that there's an interesting flanger going on at 2 minutes and 2 seconds to Heck 2 yeah. minutes 18 seconds, which Heck is always yeah. a fun production choice. But we also get our co-producer Josh Goggin on some vocals on this song. Oh, shoot. Oh, Oh, yeah. Which I feel like his vocal dynamic just adds, like, such a nice layer to everything. Like, I love Scoggin, but, like, him just doing, like, kind of stuff in the background, like, that's, like, it's just so nice. Because, like, you could have, like, TJ leading the song and then Scoggin is just kind of doing his thing. I really like that. But he sings uh, Regret at 1 minute 50 seconds. And then at two minutes and 37 seconds, he's in the left speaker. But the part that he's singing or screaming, if you will, are the lyrics, awake, come wind, awake, come thought, which automatically gave me like, made me think of In the City, which is a Chariot song from their 2011 record, where he says, Mm. calm rose, come violent wind. And I'm like, mm. it automatically just like, I was like, huh, I wonder if Josh Gagan was like, I'm going to pocket some of it. Like, I like this. Come, <laughs> come right. wind, come thought, like come violent wind. I'll use that later. Yeah. I want that violent um, wind for the city though. So I'm going to pocket it automatically for a rainy me, day. Yeah. <laughs> for seven, six years later. That's so funny. Yeah. I, I didn't catch that. Mm. Deep cut, man. Yeah. Good note, Josh. For real, dude. Where I was just like, oh, they have a fake choir. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like use this lyric to reference another yeah no it's just a complete encyclopedic podcast (laughs) just such a vibe guy well what's also fun is like so there's the josh goggin aaron weiss combo right Mm -hmm. and this song also has come untie me from this bed come untie me from the wicked things that i love and there's the me without you that's a good connection he's the tie-in for that Uh, weird little through line I like that. I There's like a that. lot of lyrics in this song. It's wordy. Yeah. I like the Not lyrics of this. Although it also did feel like every band in 2005 had to have it like lyrically at least one nautical themed song. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> SD's Burn had like 5. Right. Yes. They hit the, they hit their nautical quota. Yeah. Every record. <laughs> yeah. Every record. Dang. Check that box. Man, they're gonna, getting a deal. You're gonna get me on Come Now Sleep. One of my favorite songs on that record is very nautical. And I already <laughs> Hey, I like nautical I shit, know. man. Yeah. I like nautical about it. Yeah, I'm yeah. here for it. Like I'm not bashing it. It just is No, it's a good it's observation. A trend. Yes. I get it. The sea is vast and terrifying. I completely understand. <laughs> terrifying, <laughs> terrifying. For I mean, the hey, great I named sea. I named our Truth About Movie Stars record Via Maurice, which is literally Latin for Road by the Sea. That's true. Like, yeah, I I get it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I understand, darling. It works. Let's move on to... <laughs> Good callback. Thanks. <laughs> to track number nine, one colon 27. Guys, this is the first song with Sweet Sweet Bass. 
At 58 seconds. Granted, the nice. tone is terrible. <laughs> but I love when uh, it, it's cool when everyone stops playing except the bass. So I had to give it that. <laughs> yeah. Sweet, sweet bass by default. But you know what? That's fine. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. And not only is it sweet, sweet bass, but that guitar line that comes over it. Oh, the bendy guitar line? Shreds! I love oh. it. I called it an alarm tone. Yes. Like it sounds That's like an great. alarm. Like it's just dissonant enough. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Ugh. That's a very memorable part. Mm-hmm. I just want to mention the anchor as another nautical theme. Oh, dang. Got us. <laughs> they're just, they're hitting them hard. <laughs> Bitches love anchors. <laughs> Bitches <laughs> is me. <laughs> and every and every emo songwriter around this time. <laughs> guilty. Guilty, guilty. Yeah. <laughs> Do y'all know what the title is a reference to? I don't. Please enlighten me. First Corinthians one twenty seven. Okay. I thought it might be a yeah. Bible verse. Okay. Yahweh will choose, or this, I think it's for KJV. Or Yahweh chose those whom the world considers absurd to shame the wise, which and shame the strong. He singled out the weak of this world to shame the strong, which TJ sings a couple times. That's great. so. That's where that comes from. I like that. Okay. This was titled 127 on their 2003 EP, so another song that has made a re-recording reappearance. Interesting. Nice. Okay. The one thing I didn't really like about this song is at 2.15, they have like this big part going on, and then there's like this overlaid part, uh, vocal part of like, how can I call this love that I yeah. don't like? Like the production, it sits on top of it in a very odd way. And I would have just preferred them to just leave it as like Cody and TJ singing together. Mm, but yeah. other than that, there's great guitar parts at 101, 243. There's some more cool Lunford drums. Kind of felt like you could cut in like the end of the song. You could have cut in the how dare I part from Bloodsucker. Um, oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. It, at the end there. I feel like they kind of like go together. Yeah. So that's I feel cool. like when I'm listening to it, like my brain automatically goes there. I'm like, oh, it's very reminiscent of that. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I kept, you know, as I was doing my listen throughs, I kept seeing this 127, 127, 127. And the way that my broken brain works is like, hmm, I wonder. So I decided to compile a list of great movies that are exactly 127 <laughs> minutes. Perfect. <laughs> if you guys want to oh, know, it's a good list. It's like, it's a pretty great list is this like yeah, optimal movie length right here like what's that 87 minutes well some of these are a little longer 127 minutes or an hour 27 no 127 minutes oh okay i'm oh, okay so, um, two hours yeah and seven two minutes. hours yeah two hours and seven minutes uh, okay okay i'm gonna do these in chronological order cool hand luke from Ooh, 1967 yeah, right? is 127 minutes Dawn of the Dead by George Romero. Oh, of course. 1978. That's 127 minutes. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade from 1989. That's 127 minutes. The best minutes. Indiana yeah. Jones. I'm just kidding. Follow. Well, yeah, wait, what? Hold <laughs> no, on. I'm hold up. Hold up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do love that movie, though. But It is great. Not the best. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because the best is obviously Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Followed by the new one coming out in 2023, Dial of Destiny. Yeah. Have y'all seen that trailer yet? I did. Yeah. Ugh. 
I don't know. I'm here for it. I mean, whatever. CGI insanity, Batman. I mean, that's I mean, that's what Crystal Skull was, too. And that's like I mean, that's just what movies are. Anyway. That's just what movies are. Um, OK, following that up, Jurassic Park. <gasps> from 1993 bum, bum, is exactly dude should we do a john williams podcast yes please <laughs> okay i strangely remember this from my childhood of like we had the vhs copies and it was like it had the runtime on there and i remember like jurassic park i remember being like two minutes and six two hours six minutes, two minutes two minutes <laughs> That's you as long as I could watch when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah my yeah. dad would just fast forward. It was two minutes long. Great movie. That, that that's the pure flicks version. Would they take out anything that's <laughs> they take out any evolution talk yeah. in the movie? <laughs> it would be about it's two just minutes. Samuel L. Jackson going, "Hold on to your butts, <laughs> your butts." But they take out the butts part, right? Yeah, yeah. That's you can't not say okay. Butts. Hold on to your keisters. <laughs> I want Samuel Jackson to say that. <laughs> For all you know, it's just a movie about Newman from Seinfeld getting shaving cream. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought it was a subplot of a Seinfeld episode the whole time. Uh, that's oh, so Newman funny. got a job that's on so some funny. tropical island. Yeah. And Samuel he finally Jackson got the there. Hawaii promotion he'd been looking for from the Postal Service in Seinfeld, guys. Uh, that's oh my so God. funny. He was oh, running for it for madness. so long. He was. I uh, love that uh, for him. That's great. No, that's great. So I remember that being like two hours, six minutes, and then Lost World being two hours, 12 minutes. Like I mm. was like in my brain. So yeah. But I so guess Josh that's right doesn't believe you, Kylan. Well, according to IMDb, being, yeah, this yeah. is 127 minutes. I'll, oh. I'll de- default to that. All right, then our last two are Ed okay. Wood, the Tim Burton movie from 1994, and Seven, the David Fincher Ooh. film from 95. Seven. Strong yeah. movies. I know. At, yeah. yeah. 127 seems to be like a good movie length. And that's why Acidies Burn chose to name yeah, their song that. For sure. So Clearly. moving on. There are references to Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> Jurassic yeah. Park, <laughs> Last Crusade. In we, this song, we should we should write a song called 127, but it's all Let's just lines from all of these movies. That's not Hold on idea. to your keisters. <laughs> Hold on, to <laughs> but it's like the Christian version of these like, <laughs> movies. Uh, we're gonna start our own version of apologetics. <laughs> no, this is like so niche, so niche. Because oh, <laughs> this is how we build the church champs now empire. Yep. For sure, this <laughs> is how we things such as this. We could try it. <laughs> all right, let's move on, guys. <laughs> Those are all my notes for 127. <laughs> um, track number 10, last track. Wow. Of Want and Misery, colon, The Nothing That Killed. Uh, fun fact, this is my favorite song on the record. I was going to say, this has to be then. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us why, Kylan. Tell us why. Well, the funny thing is, for all of the complaining I've done about how typical everything on this record is, this is like the most like formulaic, epic emo song. That's true. But I just loved it. It just hit me in the right spot. Of just like, I think it's it's probably just those like those big chords that come in like towards the end, uh, and they do the the this is romance part. It's like so emo, 
but it's so it just is like very like taking back Sunday. Probably because this is this is the most I would say straight up emo song rather than screamo or post hardcore or heavy. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's very like hidden in plain view or taking back Sunday. Uh, and that guitar solo was freaking awesome. As is yeah. all the guitar. No, there's some really good guitar work. Like they're using some delay on this, which gives like that's different from some of the other stuff we've heard. I didn't know if there's like a stereo delay that they have going on in the verses or if they just like have like wide double tracked guitars. guitars. But like the yeah. way that the effect plays, it makes it sound like a stereo delay, which yeah. is really cool. It just opens up like a nice wide sound for that. Washy. Yeah. yeah. No. I yeah, agree. my only complaint with it was is the piano part that comes in is that just MIDI piano or is that real piano? I said that's a great question. Not a great piano sound, unfortunately. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was my only thing it with suffers. it. I wish the piano was real. It might be real, but if I so, it, I can't imagine it. It just feels very like Garage Band mm-hmm. uh, built yeah, in, like very piano VST instrument. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I think Matt Goldman plays the piano. Of Wanton Misery, performed by Matt Goldman. And Matt Goldman's a really good pianist, so. Yeah, well. It's unfortunate that it sounds that way. Yeah, because it just sounds dinky, but the piano part itself is really cool. Yes, for sure. And, yeah, I I thought you guys would be a little more surprised that the longest song on the record is my favorite. It's your favorite. And the last song. (laughs) But it's, like, super memorable, though. Well, it, it changes is. enough. It does it does that roller coaster thing, man. It like right when you start to get like bored with something, it like we'll move on to something else, but it's all just so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never got bored. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like they're changing stuff up, but at the same time it's still like all kind of like building mm-hmm. to like the payoff at the end and it works really well. Yep. And especially cuz they shift like you were talking about at the end, they shift to like that it's like a a major sound and it's mm-hmm. i feel like it's the most major sound we've gotten on the record so it's like yep. it feels like a nice way to it like feels kind of cathartic to, yeah, yeah exactly because exactly. you haven't gotten that the whole record it's been pretty dark yep. and macabre and dreary yep. yeah it finally opens up and has a little bit of optimism and that guitar solo is so good halfway through oh yeah i, said, I love so that guitar good. at 436 mm-hmm. I did like that this was a good dynamic for TJ where he's like mostly clean, but with a little bit of rasp in his voice. Mm-hmm. I liked that. I like where his vocals yeah. sat in this song for that. Yeah, the the double vocals worked really well for me on this one. Definitely. Yeah. Obviously, it was my favorite. So Obviously. <laughs> it might be the best combo of their vocals on this I album. So. I could agree to that. Yeah. Objectively, if we have Especially to. Especially for a song that's so long. We do have to. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> Okay, I will. Fine. Okay, thank you. But I won't be happy about it. (laughs) Uh, This was the final song on their 2003 self-titled EP. Just called The Nothing That Kills So, not Of Wanton Misery. That was added for the record. And the colon. And the colon, yes. No colon (laughs) on the EP. Don't forget about the colon. colon (laughs) Wait, wait. uh, On the EP, it's colon, The Nothing That Kills? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nothing preceded it. (laughs) That's funny. Well, guys, we did it. We did. Indeed. My last thing, if I had to complain about this song a little bit, is I'm not crazy about... Oh, you have about... to complain about my favorite song? Well, it's just like, okay, how on. do you feel about the little, like, tag of Cody's, like, lo-fi AM radio outro at the end of the song? I'm okay with it. You're okay with it? I like it. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
because I feel like it just ends so strong that I'm like, oh, you're taken away from that. Yeah, but I felt his vocals were taken away from it. Honestly, most of the record. So by this point, I was a little desensitized <laughs> to it. Cody's vocals were taken away from it. No. Oh, sorry. Wait, it's Cody's vocals that are doing the AM thing at the very end. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. I love it. Okay. Yeah, I really like it. All right. I think it's a good ending. Why do you not like it, Josh? I've never minded it much before. It's just, I just thought like it ends so strong. Like, just let that, like, let that resolve and just like fade out and be the end of the song kind of deal without having to add a tag to it. Kind of, it's one of those things like the song ends at five minutes and 48 seconds. Like, that's like long, that's a good amount for a song. You don't need to add like a little tag at the end of it. So, for you, it's like it was long already and it was a strong place to end it. Yeah, I just felt like it was a really strong place to end it. So maybe that it did, that's didn't so funny because Josh, like normally no, nine times out of ten, this yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, this song's too long. Like, just end it. Why did it not end four minutes ago? And I'm like, yeah, I love it. I think that outro is great. <laughs> so funny. This is funny. I like it because that's the optimism that I think the album needed at the end. Like, well, if you chances, if you think about it, yeah. This is romance. If you think too, if you think of their whole discography, like narratively, like mm. if Sun I Loved You at Your Darkest is like the first movie, that's like the perfect setup to the sequel, man, because right. like Cody takes over so much, uh, you know? I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So it's like, yep. it's like Establish the teaser, like, like the, yep. the Marvel end credit sting. The stinger. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, yeah. Can you set up? for the sequel that's it cody bonnet will return (laughs) (laughs) as cities burn in 2007 (laughs) as cities burn (laughs) infinity war (laughs) the best jazz jazz band thank you tj (laughs) facing the villain Chekhov's daddy (laughs) Chekhov's daddy (laughs) oh my god accompanied by stab man uh i said a bunch of nonsense in this episode so let's go ahead and wrap it up (laughs) um yeah well i mean we're not doing flopper bops right for this because it's definitely a bop can if you want to okay yeah i was probably the only one that was like on the fence right that or was like a wild card tj put this last though i think in his whole i did yeah yeah tj and i had the same no we had the same oh yeah y'all did yeah you're the same ranking i both put the same ranking um i'll say this journey into this album i enjoyed it a little less than I thought I would, but I still totally loved it. Yeah, it's a bob, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's no, no question, right? For sure. I feel like we talked about the stuff like there's a lot of stuff that is kind of like of the era and is what similar bands were doing, but there's already enough on this record that like separates them and puts them at like above the rest of those other bands. So it's like, it right. does have a lot of those traits and maybe pitfalls, you could mm-hmm. say, in some of those areas, but they already are showing just like how wildly talented they are. Yeah, so head and shoulders. Yes, for sure. Above. The last thing I have is that every song on this was so fast that I did an average song length, and it's three minutes and 35 seconds is the average Perfect. song length. But if you take out the last song, which is six minutes long, it's three minutes and 15 seconds. So that's wow. why you... Nice. If you want a quick record, this record would just be in and out. I mean, based on everything else I've ever said on this podcast, I'm surprised this isn't higher. But that's just how much I love later As Cities Burn. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Right. Just speaking to that. Yeah. Well, 
jammers let us know what do you think of this record what do you think of son i loved you at your darkest did you um, love it at its we darkest? obviously loved it i think we did you know yes for um, everyone that got upset when we put our rankings where we were putting it pretty low on our list like we do love this record so, right, yeah, like that's the us. whole thing is like, yeah, it's four <laughs> records and it's like shades. It's like a gradient. You know what I mean? Like it's yes. like barely different. I will say when we were recording the first part where we both were like talking about how we don't like this one as much as the other one, she texted me and said, haters. So she <laughs> is a Son I Loved You fan. Yeah. If, yep. Is this her, so. her, her number one? I think she's like where she rec- has to recognize that Coming Out of Sleep is the better record, but I think she would say well, that this out is sleep, like her personal just, favorite. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But yeah, if you were out there and you got mad, we do really like this record. We do. We really love it. It just speaks to the rest of their discography. Exactly. They're just such a good band. So what else did we learn? Chekhov's Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> They're the best jazz band. That's my only big takeaway. ACB is the best jazz band that never was. And we're going to do a 127 cover song. Yeah, Cool Hand Luke. Only oh, about yeah. movies. Yeah. Hold on to your keisters, everybody. <laughs> Hold on to your keisters. <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, join us next time. We're going to talk about their next record. Acid East Burns' next record, Come Now Sleep. I hope you're enjoying this miniseries, everybody. Please comment on our stuff and, and, and let us know what you think, how you feel about this band, because this is obviously a band that we all dearly love. Yeah. I think that's all I have. You know, follow us on social media. Uh, look for Church Jams now. We also have a Patreon where we have more bonus content at patreon.com slash church jams now podcast. I think that's about it, right? Do you guys have anything else you want to say? Like and subscribe. Review. Rate. Give us high fives. Buy our jams. May all your ACBs stay together. Peace out, Mon Daddies. <laughs> Peace out, Chekhov's Daddies. <laughs> <laughs> new year, new bit. Church jams now. All songs written and performed by As Cities Burn. Copyright 2005. Are you the man now? ASCAP, and Thirsty Moon River Publishing, ASCAP. Produced by Matt Goldman, Josh Scoggin, and As Cities Burn. Recorded by Matt Goldman at Glow in the Dark Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. Mixed by Mike Watts at Voodoo Studios in Freeport, New York. Mastered by Troy Glessner at Spectre Studio in Seattle, Washington. The Widow Recorded at First Street Studios in Cleveland, Tennessee. Engineered by Tyler Orr. Additional engineering, Troy Staines and Jeremiah Edmund. Assistant Pro Tools editor for mixing, Anthony Vero. Lap steel guitar on Incomplete is a Leech, performed by Troy Staines. Piano on Of Wanton Misery, The Nothing That Kills, performed by Matt Goldman. Crystal Ninja Strings, performed by Matt Goldman. Art Direction and Design by Asterix Studio in Seattle, Washington. Management, Ryan Rado. Legal, David Ferreira, Barnes, Morris, Klein, Mark, Yorn, Barnes, and Levine. A&R, Chad Johnson. Good night, son. I loved you at your darkest.